pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. With that in mind, let's go to our hotline and bring in the one, the only, the voice of your Cleveland Cavaliers. That would be Tootsie Tim Alcorn. How are you, Toots? I'm doing all right. Nothing better to do on a Tuesday afternoon than talk to the best pick-and-roll combo in Canton. Absolutely, and we're picking and rolling today like we haven't all year long. And we're thrilled to talk Cavs basketball with you right now, Timmy. And even though uh, they lost last night at this point in the season, 35-17, and 17, uh, first place in the Central, number two overall in the Eastern Conference, is the organization even surprised by where they're at at this point in the season, considering everything that's gone on? Yes. Uh, it's interesting you ask that because uh, I'm just pulling out of the arena uh, we taped our Cavs HQ show, and Mike Gansey, Cavs general manager, was our guest. And I asked him that very question. How surprised uh, has this team performed above and beyond expectations? And he said, absolutely, especially uh, when you lose two starters that are combining for 40 points per game and Evan and DG. So uh, what this team has been able to do, yeah, you're right. They lost last night. I don't know if anybody thought they were going to go 66 and 16 so you know you're gonna lose a few now and then but uh, what this team has been able to accomplish is just astounding a little bit frustrating last night for me to watch and i think it's on the heels of the football season tim and one of the reasons i say that is because with a football mentality in northeast ohio rooting for our favorite teams usually football is king you only get maybe eight home games sometimes it might be longer or whatever but when you lose one you're like oh man we let that one slip away but you're right it's a marathon, not a sprint, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, uh, again, referencing the, the chat we just had with Mike Gansey, uh, you know, you, you break the season into benchmarks, 20 games, halfway okay. point, a trade deadline, all-star break. I mean, there's always these moments that you kind of stop and take a look. And so, yeah, when you're uh, 52 games in and you're 35 and 17, uh, that's pretty solid. And, Certainly, uh, it is a marathon, and there's still a long way to go. We're down to 30 games left, and it doesn't seem like much, but there's still some road trips in there and some tough battles upcoming, so uh, you still got to grind your way through this thing. But all in all, guys, I think the Cavaliers are positioned very, very well. Tim, one of my concerns still, okay, is physicality, and they seem to be a little more physical this year but this is still the regular season. Is that something in talking to the players, the coaches, watching practices, is that something you've noticed an emphasis on as far as performance as well as it being talked about? Yeah, Kenny, I think that's a good question. Uh, I think the Cavaliers, to a man, will admit they were out physical uh, in the series against the Knicks in the playoffs last year. And and physical play not only isn't knocking guys around and being able to bang in the paint, uh, but it's a mentality that you bring to the game. Uh, yeah. I think Struess and Niang have added to that mentality. Uh, I think Donovan, when he got 
knocked down in San Antonio getting up and going after Collins. I think that made a statement. I think Jared Allen uh, with Ben Simmons. So uh, I think that physicality label, it stung the Cavs uh, coming out of that New York series and going into the offseason. So I don't know if it's been specifically addressed, uh, but I think the Cavs this year are a little more physical. I think you've seen it out of Jared Allen. Uh, and even though Evan missed six weeks uh, before he went down, I think you saw him mixing it up down there a little bit more. I know you've seen Max Cruz do it. He doesn't back down from anybody. So uh, I think this team, as I said earlier, is positioned well in so far as being a playoff-ready basketball team. Tim, last week we talked about rotation and sets and who's playing when. Are there any uh, minutes restrictions, even though I think Garland had like 30 minutes last night? Are there any minute restrictions left with Mobley or Garland? I think tomorrow night would be the last game, if there are even any. Uh, You know, they wanted to get them back worked into the system uh, before the All-Star break. As you said, DG went over 30 last night. Uh, So maybe tomorrow night would be the last night for that. But I think uh, once we come back after the All-Star break, uh, the game at home against Orlando, it, it's going to be full throttle. Happy to have with us the voice of your Cleveland Cavaliers right here on WHBC and the Cavs Audioverse, Tim Alcorn. Follow him on Twitter, at Cavs Alcorn. You are Mr. Social Media these days, too, Tim Alcorn. You are uh, doubling down on everything that is Cleveland Cavaliers, Instagram, Twitter, and uh, on Facebook. But maybe when you win 35 out of your first 52, there's a lot more to put out there, isn't there? Well, I mean, there's a lot to talk about. I mean, I talk for a living, so uh, I guess I'm doing some nonverbal communicating via social media. But uh, there's so many positive things happening with this basketball team. And, guys, I've shared with you, uh, and I'll certainly share with your listeners, it's a good group of guys. They're high-character individuals. Uh, There isn't anything happening behind the scenes or in a locker room where you go, yeah, let's not let that get out. Uh, because there isn't any of that happening. And so uh, you want to sing their praises, and you want to speak well uh, of the guys that are playing so well. And they are playing well, but again, they're a super group of young men. They really are. So uh, I would hope Cavalier fans are, are finding them easy to root for because they play the game the right way. Tim, I want to get back to Max Struess. Uh, one of my concerns with him is he's consistently inconsistent. And shooting-wise, the, the percentages, uh, not, you know, up to what I was expecting and maybe what the Cavaliers were expecting, but you mentioned the toughness. Um, th- does he have to be better for them in the second half and in the playoffs if they're, they're going to go further? Well, I don't know if I would use the term he has to be better. I think, to your point, I think you make a valid point. I think he needs to be more consistent. Uh, I think the all-star break will do Max some good. I think when you play at that intensity level that he plays at. Uh, and he was asked to carry a little bit more when Evan and DG went out. Uh, that's going to wear you down a little bit. So uh, when we come out of the break, I, I think you'll see the Max Cruz that we saw earlier this year. Um, and I also believe that his mind, he's a, he's a stretch run playoff guy. He, he really lives for that moment. You saw that the last two years with the Miami Heat. So, uh, I'm not concerned about Max Cruz. Uh, I think he's going to be just fine. I just, I believe that the way he plays, uh, he needs a break. I think, I think the Cavs need a break. I know it's tough to say that when you go in winning the way they are, but uh, I think you saw it a little bit last night. I think they were fatigued. 
Fair point on Max Struess, the only player on the Cavaliers roster this year to play, I believe, in all 52 games uh, to this point. Max Struess, oh, I take that back. Georgie Niang, he doesn't play as much, but the two new guys, the only ones to play in all 52 games uh, to this point. So uh, a good break uh, for those two guys especially. Tim, if you were looking for shooting last night and on that same kind of basic question, uh, Sam Merrill, and I know as far as a role player is concerned, a conversation shouldn't center around Sam Merrill, but only nine minutes. Was that due to some kind of an injury or anything? That's the only reason I'm looking at that. No, I think it was more of a of a matchup situation. Okay. Uh, Sam's fine as far as I know. And there's also now it's the NBA chess match where Sam's kind of made his way around the league one time and teams are looking at him. And so they're saying we got to find a way to stop Sam Merrill. He can knock mm-hmm. down three balls. So they're defending him much more aggressively. So now the Cavs will need to counter that, and it goes back and forth. So, uh, But I think last night was just a matchup scenario. And obviously, as J.B. has said, uh, it's tough to find minutes for everybody because everybody has earned their minutes and deserved to play. So uh, I think Sam Merrill last night just fell victim to that and the fact that uh, Philly was defending well and they were taking Sam out of the game. So uh, last night, he didn't get the minutes that he has been getting but i think he'll be just fine dean wade illness last night do we know his status for tomorrow uh i believe he was listed as questionable but i haven't checked that as of late did they miss him last night tim i mean yes. i'm not the biggest dean wade fan but uh chris fedor's tried to tell me i'm a little bit off there in what he brings to the table not just with scoring so did they miss him last night I think so. Absolutely. We talked about the fact that, you know, the, the Cavs were, looked tired last night and they looked like they were one short on the bench. And uh, I would agree with, with Chris in his analysis. Uh, I follow Chris and I'm good friends with Chris. And uh, what Dean Wade brings, and I'm not a huge proponent of plus minus, I think things can get lost in there, but uh, Dean's usually on the plus side and it's because of his defense. Uh, he's a rugged defender. He will body up people. And I think he's hit some timely three balls as of late. But I think they missed him on the defensive end last night, Kenny. Uh, there were some guys for Philly that were getting good looks that I think if Dean had been out there, uh, you mentioned earlier, the physicality. I, I think Dean yeah. would have been that person. Would he have been on Buddy Heald maybe to try and slow him down a little bit last night? Yeah, I mean, there didn't seem to be anybody that could slow down Buddy Heald last <laughs> right. night. And you know what? Sometimes you have to tip your cap to the opposition, too. Yeah. And Philly's really been struggling without Embiid, and now they make these trade deadline deals. But, uh, hey, they went out and got after it last night. They played hard yeah. like any Nick Nurse team will. And so uh, you tip your cap, buddy. He'll, he, he played a hell of a game last night for Philly. Mm-hmm. So uh, you give them credit, and, you know, you lost one. So now you try yeah. to get one tomorrow night against Chicago and go into the all-star break. 36 wins. I think anybody would have taken that. That team was unconscious last night. I mean, they weren't missing anything, and they'd come down one shot, boom, it was good. It was amazing to me, and, and at times, even though they had a 10-point lead evaporate late in the game, you had a chance to win that game. And, Tim, I want to circle back a little bit to Darius Garland. They said during that time that he was out with the broken jaw, he loses 12 pounds. Are his legs back yet? No. I, so. I, I mean, I just think that's that's a genuine assessment no i mean he was on blender food for about four weeks he couldn't eat any solids his his jaw was wired shut so uh i think the break will do 
DG good as far as just eating well and putting some mm-hmm. of those pounds back on and getting those legs back. Um, but I thought GG, sure, he missed the shot at the end. But you know what? You take that shot, a corner three ball to win it. It mm-hmm. just came up short. But he had 21 points. He matched his season high of nine assists. I thought DG played very well last night. And uh, I think you'll see more of the old DG insofar as conditioning and getting up and down the floor after the break. How would Tim Alcorn handle liquid food for four weeks? <laughs> Not well. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, you're going to deny this guy a poonski on Fat Tuesday? Are you kidding me? <laughs> hey, liquid right. is, wait, liquid is one thing. Blended is a totally different story. Well, that's true. Yeah. I've been on a liquid diet before, Kenny. You know that. <laughs> we went to college again. We went to spring break together. Well, yeah, those liquids will cause a lot more than weight loss. I'll say that. <laughs> oh, no question about that. Hey, you brought a, it is Fat Tuesday, and uh, we always do this each and every year on on Fat oh, Tuesday. Yeah. We look back uh, at some of the larger athletes over the years that uh, we were fans of, despite their size and, and their great athletic ability. How about you? As you think back to all the years you've covered the NBA. Which larger NBA players do you have a uh, has a, a special place in your heart because they were so big, but yet they were still able to perform at the NBA level? Oh, how about Big Baby Davis, right? But Davis, yeah, he was he was a large man. Uh, dinner Bell Mel Mel Turpin, Mel Turpin for three. Uh, Mel Turpin was not firing three balls, Kenny. <laughs> <laughs> That was not no. that was not Mel Turpin's game. Um, yeah, boy, you think you know? I mean, he wasn't really a huge guy, but a big guy. I was a huge fan of Moses Malone, man. That was a big man. Okay, that was all a right, big yeah. Guy. What about uh, John Hot Plate Williams too? You can't forget about <laughs> Hot Plate, right? Hot Plate, yes, yes. Uh, no, no. Don't get me wrong. There have been some huge guys in the NBA. Yes. <laughs> I, I forgot I, about hot plate though. That's a yeah, good one. Oh, and, and Sean Kemp, right? When he came to well, the Cavaliers, Sean was uh, you know towards the end of his career, and uh, uh, he put on a few pounds when he was uh, with the Cavaliers, and still played well. He did. People forget how well Sean Kemp played his first year here. He carried yeah. that team. They got to the playoffs, uh, lost the tough series to the Indiana Pacers, but yep, yeah, he went from being. Uh, high flyer Sean Kemp to uh, sitting low at the table, Sean Kemp. But uh, the first year that he was here, he played well for this Cavalier team. And then I believe the strike or the lockout, whatever it was, next year happened. And he came in and he had done a lot of eating during the lockout. We'll just put it that way. Yes, he did. And I will say this, though. I And I love Twitter from this standpoint. I still call it Twitter. I always will. Um, just like it's, you know, uh, the Jake. Anyways, I'm on Twitter, and I see Sean Kemp highlights. And I stopped and watched this. Timmy, oh. in his prime, the Rain Man, when he was flying high and dunking on people like they didn't even exist around the rim, he was as exciting a player as there was in the NBA, wasn't he? Oh, electrifying. I mean, he led Seattle to the NBA Finals, where they ran yep. into Michael Jordan. But you're right. You go back and look at Sean Kemp in his heyday, 
I mean, Ooh. it was Dominique Wilkins, Dr. J kind of stuff. I mean, he was playing way above the rim. He was. He was a dynamic player. He really was fun to, to watch back in the day. Hey, Timmy, before we let you go, which of our suggestions have you enjoyed the most working into your broadcast? Bonanza, shenanigans, or whacked? <laughs> I have to say, I, I thought Bonanza worked pretty well the other night. boy. Loved it. Absolutely but, loved it. <laughs> you know, but then I had to weave shenanigans in there as well. And I loved how you did that, too, talking about your partner and everything like that. So good to have him back. Good to have you with us uh, all the time here on the Kenny and JT Show, talking Cavs basketball. Have a great call tomorrow night. We'll have it for everybody here on WHBC, and then enjoy your All-Star break, too. All right, Timmy? Sounds great. Nothing better than being with you two in Canton on a Tuesday. The one, the only, Tim Alcorn. Mitchell at the other end. His three hits nothing but the bottom of the net. We are having a bonanza of three balls here in the first quarter.